Thanks for joining us here on Pretty Spiritual, where we're attempting the unthinkable about how to navigate this messy, beautiful, imperfect life with spiritual tools, what principles, and our own personal stories. So we're not experts. We're not religious. We're definitely silly. We're honest, real, and willing to share. So join us as we connect, bond, and grow together. Hi, everyone. Hi. Oh, hi. Oh, thanks so much for joining us today. Go ahead and pull out the rose petals and the chocolate. <laughs> Some lavender oil. Because today we are going to talk about self-love. Oh, what's that? Well, Oscar Wilde describes it, to love oneself is the beginning of a lifelong romance. When I first heard this quote, it was at a time where I was starting to realize that the relationship I had with myself was quintessentially a bad romance. I really wondered where I would go from here, like once I realized that I was in much more of a self-hatred than a self-love with myself. My question really was, how does one go from self-hatred and loathing to loving? Mm -hmm. To all our listeners out there, what's your experience with self-loathing? We'd love to hear your opinions. You can connect with us online via Instagram or Gmail. We're at Pretty Spiritual Podcast in all avenues. You know that. Yeah. Please get in touch. We want this to be a conversation all the way around. So we want to hear from you guys. You can totally tell us that you love yourself and have always loved yourself and you have no idea what we're talking about. Teach us your tricks. Show <laughs> us. I'm so excited. Show us. <laughs> yeah, so self-love to me, a fondness, affection, devotion for oneself. To be interested in myself half as much as mm. I was obsessed with that loser that was a horrible person. Like seriously, where is a smidgen of that for myself? Oh, that's right. I hated myself and I didn't know it, which was why I was having such a hard time mm. tending to my needs. In exploring this, what I've found out for myself is that self-love is the key ingredient to taking care of ourselves. Totally. So no wonder I would choose the people that I chose. <laughs> <laughs> I would do the things that I did mm -hmm. coming from self-hatred. Makes sense. Uh, Ella, do you have any experience in loving or hating? Yes, plenty in both. It's a really uncomfortable topic, so thank you, of course, for exposing us to it mm -hmm. and getting the conversation going. Self-love was the cringiest phrase to me mm -hmm. initially. I, w I was like physically nauseated by it. I was just like, oh. Sounds new age. So new age. <laughs> and I remember my Zen teacher uh, suggested this really simple practice, which was putting, like, put, just putting my hand on my heart and talking to myself in a sweet way. And I was like, oh, I just vomited a little in my mouth and now I need to swallow it. You know, like it was like so... Self-love vomit. Yeah. It was so distasteful. Um, and when I actually started doing it, it was even worse because it felt super disingenuous. And I was like, who the heck do I think I am? <laughs> nice save, Ella. Thank you. <laughs> Working so hard for that rating. Oh, yeah. And so I started doing it anyway, and it felt awful. It felt worse. And it was one of those muscles that I just practiced exercising. And like so many spiritual actions, it has morphed into something like totally beyond the sum of its parts, you know, and, and it has actually become this really sweet, heartfelt thing for me now. 
um, even though at the beginning it, it did not feel like that. One of the other things that I was just thinking of now, Lindsay, listening to you talk about like being available and showing up to witness our own experience is that that has been a like really transformative key ingredient for me. You know, and like how it used to be was I was so interested in what was happening for you over there, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, especially if like I had a crush on you or (laughs) even better if like I had a crush on you and you were dating someone else. I was like, how can I be part of that? Like what's happening over there? That is fascinating. And so a really important thing for me to do was to practice getting the most interested in my own experience and yeah, I'll say more about that when we get to the tools discussion. Oh. Miss Annie, do you wanna do you wanna tell us what's going on for you with self-love? I love that you picked this topic, Lindsay. It was fun. Whenever we have a topic, we all kind of think about it and we pray and we prepare and whatever our way is. And so I had to think about like what does self-love actually mean to me besides like we said, this kind of phrase that I sometimes associate with sort of new agey <laughs> stuff. And um, for me, it took several years of having some clarity and having some meditation practice in a little room in my brain to realize that self-love was really murky for me. And so at the heart of having self-love um, was to admit the fact that I had been living with low self-esteem for a really long time. And that was really surprising to me (laughs) because I was always, I have this part of me, I call her Sparkle Annie and it's just like lots of, she is really sparkling. Never not sparkling. (laughs) Lots of like flash and sequins and gutter bravado basically. And like, I kind of had bought my own story, but I didn't really realize it was like me running on getting other people to be stoked on the Sparkle Annie and then I could feel good about myself. So it was this... Um, kind of empty. It was very reliant on outside sources. Um, so it was after some years of meditation, cultivating quiet space in my brain and these spiritual inventory tools that I have now that I can see that approval seeking is like what it wasn't self-love. I was just like hard and fast in that. So this has been a slow practice for me. Um, and the opposite of self-love of that kind of like need for outside approval is really woven into how I think. And so it's just taken, um, for me, the self-love comes as I like am of service in a way that's genuine to the world around me instead of in a way of like trying to feel like get something or like a self-seeking way and um, staying with my right actions each day, behaving with integrity, like showing up when I say I'm going to show up, like being honest to other people and really truly to myself, and also just trusting that I have um, a relationship with a higher power that loves me. So that's kind of what my journey with self-love has been and like what it looks like now is it's just um, kind of admitting that there had been a deficit and that now I have these other tools to kind of fill up where that hole was. You are sparkling so bright right now. Wow, you weren't even trying to sparkle. Not even trying. It's when we quit trying, right? (laughs) Uh, Well, for me, I'm going to start with a radical idea of instead of jumping into self-love, how about self-like? Yes. How about infinitesimal movements towards the acting as if I could like myself the way I am desperately trying to get others outside of me to like me? Mm -hmm. Um, What you're searching for, you're searching with. And I've heard that so many times. I've been like, what? So I'm just going <laughs> to let it sit there. What does that mean? I've never heard that before. 
why I'm referencing it is because outside of me, I am looking for, I'm, I'm looking to others to validate me, to love me. Right. So what I'm searching for, right. Is this love, this validation I'm actually searching with. So I actually need to make that you turn and turn mm. inside and towards. And if I don't find it from within, I won't believe it even if I do get it. And yeah. that has certainly been my experience. I didn't believe you when you told me that I was lovable. Mm. Like deep down inside, because I never even began to like myself, I was like, that's not true. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like that. I'm saying I think it can mean so many things, but it's one that I come back to a lot when I need to be guided home mm. in a way. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So. Ask me, so ask great. me anything. <laughs> <laughs> so the question really is right. Like how, um, I've, and this is true. I've asked Miss Google so many times. Uh, how does one, excuse me, Mrs. Google, Miss Google, Miss Google. That's me typing. Still no money for sound effects. (laughs) We think we're doing all right. We're doing great. (laughs) How does one begin to love themselves? And it quickly took me over to self-compassion. So then, of course, I had to clack, 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 clack. How does one have... What what is Mm self-compassion? So I encourage you to Google all that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because I, I really wanted... The quick, like, cure all. Mm-hmm. And Always. <laughs> my <Spiritual> favorite. <laughs> Surely it's right there. Uh, I could implant self love, the like huge mounds of self love. Does that work? Can I get like a pick line, a self love pick line? <laughs> um, the question, you know, how to start loving yourself is still here. And so, how, how does one begin? Let's even just say, towards self-liking rather mm-hmm. than self-loathing and disgust. That's my own personal. Mm-hmm. That's where I see I need, I was, right? We get it. Okay. So I have a really simple tool. Tell us, Annie. Oh. Um, this one is, oh, I think, one we all use a lot, but just being a service helps fill my self-love bucket. Yep. Um, so I'm a fan of thinking of and helping others when I'm really wrapped up in myself that will help shift away from like my critical self-analysis but right now my favorite um self-like tool (laughs) (laughs) is uh curbing my misguided helper so a very wise woman suggested that I notice when this really critical voice goes on in my head that's constantly trying to quote unquote help me so it's like Mm -hmm. critiquing my behavior telling me how I should be different, what would be better about me, who might not like me and why. And it's just like this constant kind of like scan of the environment, inner and outer that I do of like, let me identify the problems. And this person helped me see that that's actually this really misguided way of me trying to protect myself. Because I, if I can think of all the problems first, then maybe I can solve them and I will be okay. Or like I won't get hurt or people won't whatever i i have control somehow with that really strange tool like it's a broken tool <laughs> it's a wheelbarrow with no wheels <laughs> still might try it yeah Duh, always just to be it sure <laughs> so now it's um it goes hand in hand with me for meditation because when my brain is really busy i 
I have no choice but to just believe everything that I think. And when I have a little bit of meditation, I can calm down and get some space around the ideas. So it's not, if I have an idea come into my brain, it's not just a fact because it's there. So I can have a thought come into my head and then I can notice it. And then the tool is saying, I actually just kind of talk to it in my head and I say, thank you, misguided helper, but that is not true. I know you're trying to help or protect me, but you are misguided. So a really brief example of this is I um, was doing my taxes super early, hooray, and I was writing down all these notes of, you know, what, what numbers meant what, so then I would have record of it later. And I was looking at the way I was writing and like, I have really free spirited handwriting (laughs) and it kind of goes all over the page and it's never linear. And I was looking at it and I realized that I've always thought every time I look at anything that I write, I should write more orderly. It should be more linear. And if I did, I would be smarter. Like, and I think of this Definitely. one woman. Yeah, I worked <laughs> with her 10 years ago and I and she's so accomplished. And I always compare myself to her. And I'm like, if my handwriting was better like hers, I would be like her and just as accomplished. And I had this, as I was doing taxes, this moment of clarity of like, that is bananas. <laughs> like, that is actually crazy thinking. And I said, oh, hey, misguided helper. Thanks for trying to, like, destroy my self-confidence by critiquing my handwriting. <laughs> and it's, what if it's just fine if I have messy handwriting? Mm. And, whoa, you're doing your taxes. Holy crap. Mm. So it's just this thing of, like, just because I think it's not a fact, acknowledge that it's this misguided part of myself trying to help me and protect me, but that that's really an outdated tool and just be appreciative for who I am at that moment. So that's my self-love, self-like tool of the day. I liked how you were talking about how the prerequisite for mindfulness practice is going to be discussed ad nauseum because how can we know what we think, feel, or want and act on that knowledge rather than what we think others want from us. A lot of my main tools I can't even talk about without the mindfulness piece. Yeah, it's so built in. This goes back to my people-pleasing ways and how they get in the way of my own self-love, self-like attempts. This goes back to me searching outside of me what must come from within like we were talking about. And so the tool that I'm going to share in all my Google searchings <laughs> from before of how to get self-love, it started with needing to cultivate self-compassion. So like I talked about, my research continued from there since I didn't know what that was. And if I'm able, this really echoes a lot of what Annie's saying, um, but if I'm able to hear my critical inner voice, I pause. Mm. I challenge that voice and most time what's going on with the critical inner voice for me is that there's judgment of my experience. I'm judging myself harshly for not knowing how to do things that I've never done before. Mm -hmm. Makes so much sense. You know, because I was born, I was supposed to be born knowing everything. Perfectly. 100%. (laughs) Making a simple mistake in my calendar. Oh, how could I? Mm -hmm. Oh, so much judgment. Not completing my morning routine. And the list could be exhaustive. What happens is I, because of mindfulness, sometimes I'm able to catch when I'm like judging my experience and I can pause, I can label the judgment and I can put the self-judgment down. In that moment, when I put my self-judgment down, this space opens up inside of me. And in that space, that's actually where self-compassion is. It's like just that simple. All of everything that to be here can be here. 
all of it. But I, if I don't put the self-judgment down, then I just go back to my dislike of who I am, what I am, how this was, you know, just the depression spiral going mm-hmm. down the drain. When I'm contracted and tight and small, that, that self-hatred has filled every space of me and there's no room for love and acceptance of exactly where I am right now. But when I'm able to open and, and drop my judgment, there's room for me to be human, fallible, maybe lovable. Mm, so lovable. Definitely likable. Definitely lovable, likable. Super likable. <laughs> Ella, I need your tool. Okay, let me get it out for you. (laughs) Oh, it was in your pocket. This whole time. Wow. (laughs) It's been so great hearing what you guys had to say about that. I love how you framed yours as like a misguided parent, Annie. The way that self-love has been materializing for me, like in real time, is as this badass, compassionate granny character. And I was just remembering actually in the kitchen at the monastery I lived at, there's a big altar and there are three discs and one says big mind and one says joyful mind and one says grand parental mind. In the moments where I'm suffering so, so much and oftentimes this is like related to physical pain or discomfort, And I'm, you know, like my habit is to kind of try to get away, to avoid, to do all these things to like not be right there with what's happening. And luckily what happens when I'm in pain like that is that eventually I hit a breaking point. It's like you were saying, Lindsay, where like a pause happens. And I've learned with a lot of practice to recognize that moment and to, if I can, like use that like little space opening up to put my hand on my heart. And just pause and uh, stop trying to get away, you know? And then I talk to myself in the voice. This is this is kind of what I do to like wake up the granny, the badass granny in my heart. I start talking to myself in the voice I would talk to my dog with, which is like mm-hmm. the most loving, gentle voice. And I say stuff like, I know it hurts so much right mm-hmm. now, or this is really hard, or this isn't fair. I say stuff like, no matter what happens, I'm not going anywhere and I'm going to take care of you. Stuff that I'm actually surprised I'm not tearing up because usually when I say those things aloud, it like hits a, it just hits a chord. Practicing that pausing hand on heart tool that my Zen teacher suggested years ago. It's kind of like given way to this really cool phenomenon, this like badass granny heart voice. Mm. I also want to say that like right now, what is really alive for me in terms of self-love is I can love myself when I'm doing it right. You know, I can love myself when I'm accomplishing stuff and I'm not dropping any balls. I'm doing exactly what I said I would. Okay, cool. But how do I love myself when I dropped all the balls? I just can't, you know, I'm like falling down. I'm not accomplishing stuff. How do I love that too? How do I love that just as much as when I'm doing it right? And <laughs> it is hard work. It, it turns is out. hard work. Ooh. The thing I I really love about Zen practice, especially, is that nothing is separate. God, the universe, your higher power, your practice, whatever you want to talk about, and that includes orgasms and bowel movements mm. and eating and walking. You know, it's like. 
every part of you is part of your spiritual life because it just all is. So easy to love those orgasms. Oh yeah, those are great. <laughs> can I can I get some more? Um, <laughs> and if I'm including everything in practice and nothing is separate, then my higher power is just as much me falling down, dropping balls, not doing it right as it is whatever the opposite is of that. There's something they say in Zen, this very mind is Buddha. And I really love that because it's like this very mind that I'm having right now with like all its judgment or shame or not doing it rightness or not doing it enough or not doing it fast enough. Like what if that's not separate or what if that actually is Buddha? I'm like, what? There might be a mistake in the translation, but <laughs> I love that what you were just sharing, Ella, and I really relate to it because when things are okay, or like you said, I approve of myself, it's so much easier to feel like I'm I'm connected to the divine flow mm-hmm. and I'm right. And then when things are jangly and I'm uncomfortable and I'm having financial problems and I, you know, make mistakes or whatever it is, then I'm like, surely I'm wrong and I'm not connected to my higher power. Mm -hmm. And that like ease and that space and maybe being more of the big picture of like, this too is God. Yeah. Is a little bit scarier. I'm just going to thank Annie and Ella. I'm really hopeful that today we were able to learn a little bit about ourselves and hopefully help some people out there. That's really the main goal. I hope you can take some time today and see what you could start liking about yourself. Let us know. We want to hear. Oh, we really do. And I would I would love to tell you what I like about you. Yeah, we'll tell you stuff we like about you So let's you get too. to know you. Get in touch. Yeah. It's so easy. We're at Pretty Spiritual Podcast at Gmail. Dot com. Instagram is an easy way to oh, message it's so us. Fun on there. Send us a puppy video. And who's teasing? <laughs> Get on the tease train, baby. Our next episode up, we're going to be talking about our daily spiritual practices and just what's our routine like. And maybe we can learn from each other. And we want to hear about yours too. So we hope to see you next time. Love ya. Love you so much. Bye. Bye.